Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Young Adult Ministry Podcast. We are continuing our series on spiritual warfare and this greater battle we're called to fight that we're just unpacking a little bit more with each conversation. And I'm really excited to introduce you to a friend of mine named Angie Rizzo. Hey, say y'all. hi, Angie. And well, you can't actually say hi, but she can say hi to you. So why don't you just hi. introduce yourself, tell them what you do here at Hope, because you do actually get to work at Hope, which is pretty great. Yeah, it And why this topic of spiritual warfare matters to you. Ooh, so many great questions. Um, so hey guys, I'm Angie Rizzo. I am new in my role. I just started as the Global Hope Coordinator. So um, I'm helping to organize all of our stewardship for our partners around the globe, as well as um, our mission teams that are going uh, around the world. So I'm very honored and privileged to, to have this role and thankful for it. Um, but I worked in young adult and miss my young adult so much. Um, and that was really a cool space for me um, coming up because I got to have all these great conversations with you all. There were conversations about what does the Bible mean about this? And what do I do in this situation? And actually a lot of it had to do with spiritual warfare. A lot of it had to do with, hey, I'm thinking this. And my question would be, well, where'd you get that idea? <laughs> and sometimes it would be, um, you know, something that they had heard from an adult or a parent or a colleague or a friend, or it was, um, you know, something they had seen online. And I'm like, I don't actually think that's true. <laughs> and so, and a lot of the things that we face tend to have a more spiritual component than we give it credit for. So it was interesting to, um, get to walk alongside so many of you and hear um, because you love Jesus or because you're walking with him, um, how the enemy was really trying to like pepper in some lies and like, hey, did God, did God really say he loves you? And those mm. kind of things. So mm. that was really cool. So spiritual warfare has always been really interesting to me. Yeah. So you made some really good points there. One, th there's this battle in our mind that happens. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's often where the spiritual warfare arena takes place, is inside of us. I think sometimes the topic of spiritual warfare can be intimidating or almost seem vague to people. Like, well, how do, what does that mean, really mean? Is there like some dark figure like attacking me or a pitchfork guy like that I need to be aware of? But really when we look at the scripture, you, you brought up a great point. Like the original temptation that Satan threw at Adam and Eve, he still throws at us, which mm -hmm. is, did God really say that? Like getting us on an idea level to right. really doubt um, the truth of God and his character and his promises and the clear things from his word. Um, and that's always been his strategy to really take us away from what God desires for want, for our life, to, to distract us. So I'm curious to know more of like your experience working with young adults, which one, I'm so grateful for all that you've invested in this ministry. Really excited for this new season that you've moved into because young adults, you can go on global teams. We're going to Nicaragua yes. this summer um, as a church. There's some opportunities even in North Carolina to, to really make a difference in mission. And of course, we're always called to be in mission wherever we are every day as followers mm -hmm. of Jesus. But, um, you know, Angie's got some great opportunities that she's going to be excited oh, yeah. to help you discover your place in. So Absolutely. excited for that. But in terms of like your experience with young adults, what were some other questions that you felt like they had as you began to dig into this topic of spiritual warfare? Because that that question you did, you asked them, like, well, why do you think that? Mm -hmm. where, where does that come from? Like, right. dig into that a little bit more. How did you engage those kind of questions with them? What questions did you hear them having? 
Yeah, so there are so many different questions. Mm. I think some general categories that I found were um, shame-related, mm. of like, I am so bad God can't love me because, and then it was this laundry list of things of I've done this, or I've thought this, or like, I just can't seem to get my life together. Or it was... Um, this idea of like, God could never use me. Like I'm, you know, I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not articulate enough. I could never do. And that was more of a fear issue of not feeling um, like God would come alongside them in that moment that he called him to that thing. And so those are some big categories that often come up of I can't or I'm too far gone. And then also some like crazy concepts would come up of like, um, you know, I've, I've been disqualified forever because of this. Um, or, you know, um, I don't understand how this works. Mm -hmm. And because I don't understand it, therefore it must not be for me because I should understand all of the details before I'm actually, you know, loved by God or received by God. And it's like, oh no, <laughs> God is totally cool with you not knowing every little bit of it. That's what God's for. Like God is the one who directs all of us. Praise God. <laughs> um, but there's... It takes a little of the pressure off. Yeah, exactly. We don't exactly. have to have all the details figured out to put our faith in who Jesus is. Right, mm -hmm. right. And the idea, I think the other lie that um, we've kind of been fed. So some of these things like we see often in social media, like there's mm -hmm. like a comparison element. I'll never be as good as that mm -hmm. person. Or, you know, especially with like cancel culture and stuff like that. It's this fear of like, if I step out, somebody's going to say, I'm not qualified. Somebody else will cancel me as I attempt to follow God um, because they know what I've done or whatever. Um, and then also just this idea of like, I will um, like just not be able to fulfill what I feel like my end of the bargain is. And it's like, Jesus is not just um, this great guy who like lets you in the first time, but he like walks with you through it all. And mm -hmm. that's just been really cool um, to, to embody that to others and say, um, you know, there's nothing that can keep you from him kind of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. So in that you're through your relationship of walking through those internal attacks that they're mm -hmm. experiencing, it's helping them to identify those attacks for what they are and that those are anti-gospel. Like right. they actually run contrary to the good news of Jesus, which the truth of, of, of Jesus, we need to actually preach ourselves Every, all the time. every day. And that's why we talk about a relationship with Jesus Christ, because right. it's as we go through our life and our different circumstances, the different inner battles we're facing, that we actually have the opportunity to then turn to him and trust him and interact with his Holy Spirit and the truth of his word so that we can let him into our battles. And so as you were coaching people through that, was there anything that you found were, were common that like kind of ways that you helped people preach the gospel to mm. themselves and begin to fight some of those lies they're believing with the truth? Yeah. So every time it's always like, what does the Bible say? Mm. Which 
sounds Sunday school, but you never graduate from that. You never graduate from the gospel. There's not like, a, okay, I've got the gospel. Now I'm going to level up to something else. It's just new and new layers of it. As you like start to understand That's the so layers good. of like wounding and hurting and sin that you have in your own life, to each of those layers, as you understand it, like, the gospel is still the same balm for that. Mm-hmm. It's still the same antidote every single time. Um, and I think what was helpful is, you know, some of the like really well-known parables of like the prodigal son mm-hmm. of the idea that, um, you know, in the word, this is one parable that Jesus often refers to as like, this is how I wait for you. Mm-hmm. I am searching the horizon. I'm not like the older brother who's, you know, doing whatever he's doing. Like I am constantly like on the porch looking for your return. And before you even get to me, like I'm racing to you. And even though you still smell like pig and are covered in filth, I am like putting rings on you and kissing you and hugging you. And there's no, there's no um, hesitancy there. And I think because we live in a world where we don't know how to love each other well, it's hard to receive the idea that God loves us with this reckless abandon, that we are not capable of hindering his holiness or his godliness, that we get to just be fully loved by him in all of our mess. And we have been trained to earn love. And so that is definitely like one of the core ones that we try and work through of like, here are all of these examples of they didn't earn this love Mm. and he continues to pursue us into all of our darkness um, and doesn't abandon us. Yeah, uh, that's so well said. That story in in Luke chapter 15 of the prodigal son, actually our teaching pastor Chase made a comment recently that that word prodigal means extravagant. And Mm. I was like, oh, I think I've heard that, but I forgot that. And I love that way of talking about the story that it's, you know, there was an extravagant waste in in the younger son's journey away from God and squandering some of the resources. But when he came to his senses and came home, there was this extravagant beyond measure outpouring of love on him, which welcomed him back into the place where he really belonged. And we can go our whole lives searching for a place to belong or be like the older son in the story and try to prove our worth and value and hope we're going to get noticed uh, and miss out on this extravagant love that God has for us. And so that, that is a big part of fighting spiritual battles is when we feel shame, when we feel um, attacked, that are we lovable? Like we can actually say back to the enemy, I'm lovable because of Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. his love for me. Mm-hmm. And we can learn to preach to ourselves and rebuke some of those attacks of the enemy but that shame thing, it's a big deal. Like guilt is is when we feel bad for things we've done that are wrong. And I think the prodigal son in the story felt that and came back home. But then shame is just feeling bad about yourself. Right. And sometimes that's based on decisions we've made or bad things that have happened to us in our lives. And we just kind of carry this like um, the shame around with us that we can't seem to shake. And that's yeah. why I love like the father put the robe on him and, and mm-hmm. the in the ring. And these are all symbols of like honor and being welcomed back into the family. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there's layers of that in yeah. our life that kind of, we need to work through sometimes that these lies get lodged in mm-hmm. deep inside of us. Sometimes from wounds we experienced or just comparing ourselves to other people in the world. So in your journey, like how have you learned to fight some of those battles inside? Like if you wouldn't mind, just open up a sure. little bit about how you've learned to fight these spiritual battles 
um, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so in my journey, I grew up church adjacent, mm. I will say. I grew up military, so I moved around a lot. Um, so I went into, went into different churches, but never like was engrafted or like part of a church body where people saw me grow up mm. and like knew me. Um, and I also had um, different influences in my life that spoke different things over me of like, you will never, or you can't because, mm -hmm. or um, you should look like this if you are a Christian. And so I got to different places in my walk where I believed in Jesus. I had, you know, said the salvation prayer, like, probably 400 times because every time you have a big revival and they're like, say it now in case you, you know, <laughs> aren't saved. And I'm like, okay, I will. <laughs> and it's like, but there's, there is this like reality of like, I did all of these things, but I was so externally shaped by the people around me or the places that I had been or um, the influences in my life. And I hadn't ever really learned how to dig into scripture and how to hear God for myself. Like, I think that was one of the coolest things about the Young Adult Ministry Retreat last fall was that, you know, we got to seek the throne of the Father together and listen for ourselves and practice that as a group and then hear each other's stories. So that was so, so cool. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say some of the lies that I've been told, like I said, were um, you can't because you are or um, mm -hmm. you don't know enough. And I, you know, even the question of like, are you even really a Christian? Mm -hmm. And that one's really, I think something that people face a lot because mm -hmm. they're like, well, if I was a real Christian, then I wouldn't have a sin struggle mm. or I wouldn't be wrestling with this or like God would make my life easier and my life is so hard right now. Mm. And I think those are some of the lies that the enemy says of like, well, if God was really with you, things would be easier. Like mm. he would have made this stuff work out. And likewise, oh, everything's working out. It must be from God. Mm. And I think on both sides, um, we can be deceived in that of going our own way or listening to influences around us, whether it's our our friends or our parents, our pastors even, like, oh, I should do this because somebody said that. And it's like, well, what's God telling you? Mm. Like, God's so big that he has a specific assignment for you. Mm -hmm. Where are you going? Yeah, so. that's huge. So you learning to engage with God for yourself, like having yeah. your own experience with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit more. Like, how did you begin to learn that when you realized I've been shaped more by oh, the good environments I've been in at some level? A lot of the things I picked up were good, but I don't know that I've owned this for myself. So talk to me about that process. What are some practices that you started developing or just ways you started pursuing Jesus for yeah. yourself? Mm -hmm. Um so I think a lot of it came out of a place of confusion and I was just sick of being confused. Mm -hmm. Like I was like I have this book and I do all of these things. Like, why does this not make sense? And so I started actually reading the Bible for myself. Mm. And I started, I don't recommend this, but I started in Genesis and, you know, fell off the wagon somewhere in Deuteronomy. <laughs> but, um, but I started to see this pattern in scripture of, you know, before Jesus was even there, there was a God that pursued people, even when they their life wasn't perfect and they didn't do... Mm. What we would say today is like, oh, if you, you know, 
or not we, us, but people, (laughs) would say is like, oh, this is what a perfect Christian does. There is no perfect Christian. We are all broken sinners. Like that idea of like the, for the cross is level is Mm -hmm. something that is never going to change. And I think because of the way we've been taught, there's always a ladder to climb. That, like, the idea of, like, we're never going to be elevated above others is weird. And so my position, I always felt like I was just so far below every other Christian I had ever known. And I was like, how can this be? And so in my study of Scripture, I saw that God pursued people. God loved so much. And in understanding that he was, in even in, you know, Exodus and Deuteronomy, like, God says, just turn back to me. Just come back to me. You are fallen and you've got a gold calf now. What are you doing? Like, turn back mm-hmm. to me. And like, that's um, something that I was like, oh, that door never closes. Like, I'm never too far gone. And so that really started working in my heart and in my life. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting plugged into small group. I started, um, I was with a group of women who are just as fallen and broken as I was. And I saw them uh, wrestling their faith, wrestling out their faith of like, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this and I know I'm not supposed to do it. I don't, will you help me? And that idea of like inviting, first of all, the idea of saying that I was messed up and like confessing that to others was like a game changer because then I didn't feel like I had to hide Mm -hmm. so much. And then I had this group of people around me that were praying for me and I didn't realize how powerful prayer was until I started sharing and then they started praying and things started changing. And I was like, okay. So I got our Bible, we got our small army of prayer warriors, thank God. And then just continuing to like do the next thing I felt God was calling me to do. Mm. I didn't, I'm like a super planner. And so like, I wanna know 14 steps ahead (laughs) and I don't wanna know that there's a gray area and we may not know where we're going. I hate that. So. (laughs) Welcome to the journey of faith. So, like, I feel like in a fog sometimes. But God always gives you a next step. Mm. And it was like, just be obedient with that next step, Angie. Don't think you've got to have it all figured out. You don't have to have this book memorized. Like, just be intentional about engaging it mm-hmm. daily. <laughs> like, yeah. Or as much as you can. <laughs> and so um, that all of those things together really started to create clarity mm. where, like, the enemy had tried to, to like, maintain confusion. Mm and um, create pockets of doubt. And like he had, the enemy, like Satan had tried to tell me so many lies uh, that he was trying to keep alive that like God was like single-handedly rooting up. And Mm. I had to choose to not allow Satan to replant those. I had to choose like, no, I'm gonna believe what God says here. And thank God for my small group, because they would also say, hey, remember remember how you said last week, this is what God says about you? That's still true this week. And I needed that. I needed, when I failed to preach the gospel to myself, I needed other people to say it to me because Mm -hmm. I was, didn't have my head on right that week or whatever. Yeah, which is why we need community. That's why we need each other. It's, we're not meant to fight the spiritual battles that we experience in this life alone. Mm -hmm. And I love that picture that Paul gives. I think we were just talking about this before the podcast in Ephesians 6, where he talks Mm -hmm. about the armor of God. Yeah. And each one of us is given this armor to put on to take our stand against the schemes of the enemy. And there's a helmet of salvation, which is like guarding our mind, which and salvation is the gospel, like what Jesus has done to save us, which is not based on anything good we did, actually right. based on the bad things that we had done. We were enemies with God, 
God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And that's the gospel that we have to guard our mind against because the more that we follow Jesus, the more we realize we're broken, Mm -hmm. we fall short. We don't live up to the standards that we know we're supposed to live for. And that can either lead us to despair and shame, or it can lead us to Jesus and Mm -hmm. to a deeper relationship with him. And I think that's what I heard you saying was like, you reached this point where you, you realized you were confused and you hadn't really read this for yourself. And instead of leading that, letting that lead you into isolation, you said, I'm actually going to go towards God. And that's what Jesus is always inviting us into is in our brokenness, in our weakness, in our confusion, come to him. Mm-hmm. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Jesus says in, in Matthew 7, and the door will be open to you. And it's usually one step at a time. And so for someone, I can also admit to being a high control person sometimes, <laughs> giving up control and trusting God is going to give me the next step mm-hmm. and just obeying him with the next thing he's giving me. It's such a more freeing way to live. Yeah. Um, but we have to let go of control. And I appreciate the way that you've let us into your process of how he's worked in you. And I, I want to give you a chance to give some encouragement. Um, just final encouragement, if, if people are out there struggling with the battles that they're facing in their mind, like what, what would you encourage them towards um, based on what God's taught you about this topic? Mm, um, oh, there's So I would encourage you not to create a checklist mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes you a good Christian. Um, but, you know, as Corey brought up the Ephesians 6 about the armor of God, like recognize you're not an armadillo. You don't have mm-hmm. built-in armor. Like mm-hmm. you are, this is something that you put on. And like Corey said, you know, this, this idea of like, um, the helmet of salvation, that breastplate of righteousness mm. is Christ's righteousness. Mm. Like, I remember reading that so many times and being like, I am really not that righteous. Like, my breastplate is weak. Mm. <laughs> and so, but like, you bring up this shield of faith. It's like, but I have faith that Christ's righteousness covers my unrighteousness. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I would just encourage you to uh, wrestle with the scripture, bring people into that, ask questions. Yeah. Um, Corey, you're, you've been a great resource. We've had mm. lots of weird questions before. <laughs> so I like weird questions. No question is, all questions are allowed. Yeah, mm. and it's worth asking. So mm. definitely pick Corey's brain because it's there's a treasure trove of information there for sure. Um, or like, you know, ask your friends in young adult or mm. in your small group. Um, and if you're not connected to a small group, get in the community. Um, get mm. connected some way or another. Um, and I would also encourage pray. Like, mm. I know if you're new at this, like it seems like prayer, you're just talking to the ceiling and you are not alone in that feeling, especially when sometimes it just seems like everything is going left. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it is, you'll be surprised what God will do as you continue to pray. Mm-hmm. So. That's great advice. And I think, we were going somewhere with that battle imagery and the armor of God that that armor is given to us to put on. And we actually have to learn how to use the shield of, um, of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And those are all active things, but it wasn't just written to individuals, it's written to a community. And so right. that's why I love your encouragement to get involved with the group, to get involved with the young adult ministry. We're actually uh, just going through a series right now on the spiritual battles we face and how do we begin to discern internally um, the lies that we believe about God and ourselves and some of the attacks 
that Satan puts on us, you know, that come from the culture around us that we might not even um, know that we've kind of bought into a more worldly way of thinking about ourselves mm -hmm. and our value system. And then just our own selfishness, our selfish desires based on, on the flesh and that we, we all experience that battle. And so we actually need to commit to training ourselves to take our thoughts captive, to fighting this battle in our mind, in community with other people that are for us, because Jesus is for you. He's for each of us to not be destroyed by the battles that we're facing inside. Um, that's, Satan's, that's Satan's aim. And so he's come to lead us to fullness of life. And we find that together in community as we admit our need. We say we don't have all the answers in ourselves. We don't have what it takes on our own. We need Jesus' power. We need his truth. And we need his people. And so you've modeled that so well for us as a leader. And I'm really glad that you're in the position you're in now. Mm -hmm. And um, we're really glad you joined us for this episode. Hopefully you'll remember the phrase uh, about the armadillo because that was really good. Uh, <laughs> you're not an armadillo. <laughs> you have to have the shell in yourself. Yeah. Actually, you can take your stand based on what Christ has done for you and the armor that he gives you to put on. And so we're going to keep growing together. I want to encourage you to be a learner about this topic. There's still way more to learn. We've got some more conversations coming mm -hmm. about spiritual warfare. And hopefully this conversation encourages you to fight the battle in your mind and to know that you're not alone. So thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next time. See ya.